anyone who says, I don't care about such and such school or such and such conference being involved is probably somebody who's already a fan of a big time program and just doesn't want to get tripped up by Tulane. This is the show that replays the should-have-beens, could-have-beens, and great what-ifs in sports. This is Replay the Down. What if the college football playoff had 12 teams from its inception? How different would the field look? How different would the championship game have looked? How would it have affected off-field matters as well? That's our topic today. This is Replay the Down. I'm your host, Tyler Wessel, here with my friend, Nathan Adams. Hey, everyone. Glad to be with you. Our third colleague, Jason, is a little under the weather today, so we will miss him, but look forward to seeing him on our next episodes. Feel better, Jason. This is going to be a two-part episode. In part one, we're going to cover college football playoff. We're going to talk about this year's field, a couple what-if scenarios, depending on how championship games go this weekend. We're going to discuss the new 12-team playoff format coming. What's good about it? What do we think can make a better system overall? In part two, we're going to go through each year, 2014 to present day, look at what the field would look like, how would things have changed, how would they have stayed the same. So make sure to join us for that episode as well. But let's get right into it. Let's do it. It's Tuesday afternoon. Nathan's got the United States... Iran match on as we're, we're recording, winning. I think. We're winning. Let's see for home. <laughs> one nothing. We've got college football playoff uh, newest ranking come out tonight, which we haven't seen yet. Um, so we're going to make a couple assumptions here going into it. And we're going to talk about some potential what if scenarios uh, looking forward into the college playoffs. So as of right now, our college football rankings we've got georgia number one michigan tcu usc with bama ohio state tennessee on the outside looking in i guess you can throw penn state and clemson in there as well they're all and and washington are all two lost teams my question is everyone's talking about should bama be in should ohio state be in is there any argument for them to be in if either tcu or usc slip up I, yes, I think there is an argument. I think, though, then you're talking about whether or not it's a fair, a fair argument, right? Like, yes, if a, you have another data point, I think that's what the selection committee always yeah. talks about. Like, we have this extra data point with a um, with a championship game, and that data point, obviously, if uh, particularly if USC or TCU slip up, would be a loss. Uh, you know, it seems a bit unfair to compare their 13th game to a 13th game that doesn't exist for Alabama um, or Ohio State in this case, uh, based upon the fact that Ohio State and Alabama didn't qualify for their respective conference championships. I think the counter argument probably to both of that is somehow that TCU and USC have had um, a less difficult path to get to their conference championship game than Alabama or Ohio State would have. I don't know if I buy that um I, I get that argument but um you know the sec is harder than the big 10 and the pac-12 so therefore it's acceptable for alabama to have two losses and be, i mean i feel like i'm doing gymnastics here with you as we're talking yeah. to get to that yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. Then what do you think i mean I, I i have an issue and i've had this issue since the beginning of the college football playoff if you do not play you have to at least play in your conference championship game to qualify, in my opinion. If you do not even qualify 
for your conference championship game, you should not qualify for the college football playoff. Uh, like you said, are we going to penalize TCU or USC or both if they both lose and don't make it because they played in their conference championship game? That doesn't seem quite fair to me for a team that's sitting home. I mean, why don't we call missing the conference championship game a loss for those teams that are sitting? That's right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's how I think you should do it. Like, sorry, you didn't make it. That's a loss on your college football playoff record. Now you're saying Alabama's got three losses and Ohio State's got two losses in that matter. A lot of people won't like that, but my issue is you're penalizing teams for succeeding and losing at the wrong time, potentially. TCU is undefeated. USC has one loss. They look good against Notre Dame the other day. I mean, you got a Heisman candidate on that team. They're very yeah. marketable. I, I think they should be in. I think you have more argument for Al- comparing Alabama versus USC if USC slips up than you do for TCU. To me, TCU should be locked in. They're undefeated. If they lose, they have one loss. The only one Correct. that would have an argument potentially over them is Ohio State. But again, they didn't make their championship game. If Ohio State's playing Michigan, you know, again, even though that's yes. not possible, but if they're playing Michigan again, they could lose that game um, based on the way they lost last time. Yeah. And well, that match is certainly possible for the college football playoff. And do we need to see that again? Like, I know yeah, we have exactly. seen, I, I believe we've seen those rematches in the CFP. It was at LSU and Alabama, or maybe Alabama, Georgia. Uh, Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Match. yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it, and I mean, part of this is kind of talking in circles in the sense of like TCU is in the Big 12, right? They haven't gotten an invitation to the SEC or to the Big 10. And is that their fault? And what does that mean? And why are we prior, like, if we're going to have a, a national game and, and recognize conferences and recognize that not everybody can be in the big, it can be in the Big 10 or the SEC, then we can't then at the same time penalize teams for not yeah. being in the SEC or the Big 10. Well, especially because. The last was at 2014, the very first year, TCU was the four seed and then got bumped because they didn't have a championship game at the end. And they got bumped by Ohio State because they weren't in a Power Five conference. So what did they do? They went to a Power, or were they in the Power Power Five Five at the time? They were. No, they they were in the the Big 12 still. Yeah, they didn't have that championship game. So now you're giving them a championship game and you're going to penalize them again, potentially. It just, it seems... To me, the issue, and we'll get into this with our with our topic today, is there's too much bias and subjectivity in the system because yes. everyone's looking at Alabama's and Ohio State's recruiting rankings, and they're looking at Alabama and Ohio State's past success and applying it to this year, and that's not right. It's just not right when you have yeah, we're teams in agreement on that. Yes, that are that are performing well this year and maybe they're not doing it on a consistent basis but that's not the point like the point is play the games on the field if we say the games have to matter you can't put a two loss team over a one loss team that played in their conference championship yeah. it's just that's not right my other concern here is the conversation seems to be if ohio state and alabama get in can get in if usc or tcu slip up but no one seems to be talking about tennessee right now and I think part of it's because they lost late, which I think is a whole issue in itself about losing late. Ohio State would probably agree with yeah. that there. But, and also that Hendon Hooker's out for the year, so they're not quite as marketable, even though they still put up a lot of points. Um, granted, it was Vanderbilt. My, <laughs> Poor Vandy. My, my, my issue here, again, 
people have got to stop looking at who's the most marketable team. It's got to be Tennessee has the same record as Alabama. And they and beat, beat Alabama. And beat Alabama. Yes, so yes. why is this even a conversation to me? Well, Tyler, if it was a neutral site game or Tuscaloosa, then, you know, Alabama would beat them, you know, hypothetically speaking. Ignore you know the what? reality of what actually happened, which was that they and lost you know because Alabama, it was in Knoxville. Alabama probably would beat them again, especially without Hannah Hooker, Hooker. But like, you know who else probably would have lost if they would have played a lot more times? The Miracle on Ice. If they would have played Russia a bunch of times, they would have lost probably nine of those ten well, games. It, it gets into part of probably what we'll be talking about here in a few minutes as well. Is like why the regular season should mean something. The results on the field have to mean something, and it can't just be. Yeah. Well, you know, in this ideal situation, if we put these full four teams that have the best recruiting records and the best talent. Um, then we'll put them all together and we'll figure it out like, well, no, that's you're kind of devaluing in that sense what has actually happened. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a uh, I mean, it's hard not to look at, um, especially the way Alabama and Ohio State are treated or perceived and go, mm, this feels like a way of trying to justify uh, getting some yeah. of these teams in. And I think. Yeah. And it's and it's fascinating because, you know. Clemson laid an egg against South Carolina or else we'd be we'd be having that conversation around Clemson like what's a one loss Clemson if they win the ACC championship this weekend against UNC what do they look like and how do they compare uh, to a two loss Alabama and to a one loss Ohio State um, I mean got, if, if, if Clemson would have won that by it, it, Michigan yeah if Clemson had won that game and you're and then won this this coming weekend against UNC you're talking about a one loss conference champ to me, they're Correct. automatically in over both Ohio State and Alabama and Tennessee if USC were to lose. Well, because to me, yeah. to me, to, and, and I think you even have an argument if TCU lost because now you have, you're having one, one loss, loss teams. Absolutely. You're yeah. comparing conference to teams that both played in a conference championship game, one won, one didn't. I think Clemson would have had a much better argument if they would have finished with one loss absolutely i think they're in at this point um yeah. they're not in the conversation at, no they're at not all. and they shouldn't be nor should they no. be nor should they be no um but Although you would me, say uh, if we're considering two lost teams which we might will have to do if usc loses then yeah. why aren't they in the conversation um yeah you know, i know everyone's saying two? they're not even in the conversation which which drives me nuts um, you know, to me, TCU should be locked team in with an ACC with a championship, right? They'd be the only one besides. Then we're talking about you know Tulane possibly um, from the American, but as far as the top ten standings right now, they would be a two-loss conference champion, and they only won um, if USC if USC loses, right? Oh yeah, yeah. well they wouldn't be a conference yeah. champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Um, so we have a two loss. Anyway. Clemson versus USC. Yes, I would agree or, with that. And Alabama and Ohio State and Tennessee and Penn State. Yeah. So I'm going to take. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to completely change what I just said. Clemson should be in the conversation if they win, and USC loses. They should be okay. in the conversation. Yeah. Because again, you can't reward Ohio State for for sitting, and you can't say sorry, Clemson, you weren't good enough when you won your conference championship and have the same record as these other teams, that's set. To me, that's a problem. So, if USC so loses we know and Clemson how the, wins, 
I would be Clemson in over all those other teams. Sure. But we know how the rankings work, right? So what UNC is down and barely hanging on to the rankings, right? So they're in, uh, you know, 20, 21, 22, depending on which rankings we're looking at. And so if they lose this weekend, they're out of the rankings. And then suddenly Clemson, the argument is, well, they didn't beat, you know, there's not a ranked team they beat, right? Um, Yeah. I mean, they beat they beat Florida State, who is done playing, so they'd be able to say that. Yeah. But um, and the who had end, a surprise year and are ranked high as well. And I hate saying are. it. You, you, me, you're both <laughs> Miami right. guys, but we have to recognize and be unbiased here. Florida State Which has is, looked good t- yes. at the end of the year. Yeah. Which is easier for me to do than for you, uh, yes. Tyler. Yes. I'm married Nathan to is a married Seminole. to a Seminole. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've lived, spent five great years in uh, Tallahassee. Yeah. I love that city. So. Absolutely. So, but what, what then would, so I think we're pretty much in agreement for this year. I think we're on the same page as far as, you know, um, who the top four are currently, who they'll be going into championship weekend and, and with the idea that, Hey, sorry, Ohio state, sorry, Alabama. Um, you don't have much of an argument, um, Again, certainly I would say TCU, who's undefeated. So if they take a loss, that means one loss. I guess we could argue against Ohio State. Um, but Alabama and the two lost teams, we'd say no. Um, to me, TCU then, should be locked in no matter what at this point. I just, no matter unless, what. no matter what, especially because the way um, Ohio State lost late in the season, they didn't lose by three. They lock them in because they're going one. to a championship game. They're going to a so championship. Don't, the don't worst case scenario. Them. Yeah. Yeah. They, worst case scenario, they have one loss. And even if they were to get blown out in that game, which I I guess Kansas State could do that, but I just don't see it. Um, well, and they've already beaten yes, they've Kansas State too, which I would yeah. say like that's got to mean something, even if they yeah. were to lose this weekend. Like they already showed they could beat them. Yeah, the team you lost to, you've you've beaten as well, so it's kind of a draw. So that's what I'm saying. TC, I think Georgia's locked in. I think Michigan's locked in. I think TCU should be locked in no matter what. Um, under this format, USC, if they lose and Clemson wins, I could make an argument for Clemson being over it. I to me, Alabama's last in this scenario, and Jason isn't here to defend his his boy Nick Saban, Saban. <laughs> but Nick and, Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban, the greatest coach ever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, you lost two games. You didn't go to your conference championship. And you really don't have really quality wins. You beat, what, 23rd ranked Texas, barely, who lost their quarterback in the game, I believe. And you beat 24th ranked, is that what they are? Ole Miss. Like, those are your two quality wins. The other two teams, ranked teams that you played, you got beat. Um, So, to me, you don't have an argument. Mississippi State is, you know, now rigged conveniently for oh, okay. you know, another yeah. ranked um, Shocker. win for Alabama. Yeah, but NC State is also likely to be ranked, so there's an argument for Clemson as well. Um, it's just a it is a a spinning conversation, right? And I think that's part of the challenge of any really playoff um, format, but certainly of a four team playoff. You can talk yeah. yourself in and out of who should be in and who shouldn't be. Um, I got to imagine that there's part of the selection committee that really, really wants to see Alabama or Ohio State in the playoff field. But there's got to be a part of them. Somebody on that team or on that committee, if not a handful of them, are also just saying, can everybody just win this weekend that's supposed to so that we don't have this controversy? It would be the easiest (laughs) solution. Because if TCU and USC both win, there's no conversation. 
There's no conversation. Uh, no. Now, it would would the committee have the nerve if Michigan or Georgia lost to bump them? I don't no, think you can. Sh- you can't put. You, you no. can't put Ohio Ohio one loss Ohio State over one loss no. Michigan because they oh, Michigan beat them. It, to me, it's the same reason you can't put Alabama in over Tennessee. Tennessee beat them. Regardless of who has better talent, better coaches, better history, better recruiting rankings, it has to be earned on the field. And Tennessee beat them, even if it was by a weird thing where we thought Alabama was going to have a winning kick at the end, and then it, it ended up being Tennessee with the duck winning kick. <laughs> um, but I, it's got to be earned on the field. So, I, And I think this leads into our conversation today about the college football playoff expansion to 12 teams that's coming up um, and what would everything have looked like if that format had been around from the college football inception? I wanted to go away all the way back to the BCS, but Nathan thought that was a little too much. Uh, we, we thought that was a little much for everybody. You can <laughs> find some great articles if you Google that that will give you that information. Yeah. But yeah. that's a lot yeah. of There's that's a, all the way back to 1998. That's a that's a lot of seasons. Yeah. Um, there's a great article by The Athletic um, that came out in September. Uh, definitely check that out. But it's about uh, who, the numbers and, and how many teams would have been playing the playoffs since beginning of the BCS, not even uh, college football playoff, but the BCS. Um, and this is some, some fascinating things. But, I mean, 66 schools would have made at least one playoff appearance. And I think that's probably going to be uh, – an argument in your corner but we're going to talk about what we yeah, think so each out, of those shout out to matt brown at the athletic for that article uh, yeah check, check that out it's a great article yeah um we're going to talk about the 12 team playoff and what we think could be the pros and cons is college football playoff better uh is an expanded playoff better than a 14 playoff is the 14 playoff better than the bcs we all hated the bcs but now i wonder if it was maybe a better system at this a point. better system blasphemy but then we're going to also talk about what would each of the years from 2014 moving forward, what would they have looked like with a 12-team playoff? So what if the college football playoff had, from its inception, been a 12-team field? So the proposal right now, Tyler, and for our listeners is... Uh, that the conference champions, the top uh, six conference champions, will get a seed into, or a seat, if you will, um, into the 12-team field, and then it would be the next six highest-ranked teams. Um, The caveat with that is that that guarantees at least one, at least what's currently referred to as group of five team, then will get into the field. Um, which is not what is happening now. Yes, I think we're both fans of that. So we want to take a look at what if this had been the plan from the inception of the college football playoff. Obviously, currently, it's just the top team, top four teams, regardless of whether you're a champion or not, get in uh, to the four-team field currently. Uh, one caveat or, of course, one rule would be that uh, the top four champions uh, would get an automatic buy in this 12-team field, which means there's a potential for teams that aren't in the top four but are conference champions uh, to get a buy. Um, 
And then these uh, first round games, so seeds five through 12, would be on college campuses, which I think is a pretty amazing and pretty intriguing uh, part of this plan. I think there is still a, a plan to use the bowl system. Um, I, I could go either way on that. Um, but having said all of that, what do you make of the idea? What if we, from 2014, when the CFP started up until now, we had had a 12-team field. How would that have impacted the game? So I have mixed thoughts on this because I'm going to probably agree with a lot of what you say, but I have some concerns about the expanded playoff as well in this particular format. My, my initial, and we've talked about this before, my initial thought is, yes, it gives more teams opportunities. It makes your conference championship games really good. Um, actually matter really more yeah they're they're really important like last year when they were talking about didn't matter if alabama or georgia won that conference championship game like to me that's problematic um because they were both gonna be in type of thing uh that was problematic the the fact that we just got done talking and i said georgia and michigan and tcu should be locked in no matter what is problematic yes problematic Uh, under this under the current format i think they should be, but I don't love it. I think the conference championship games need to matter. And so I love the fact that the winners are automatic qualifiers, much like NCAA tournament, basketball tournament, Absolutely. you have automatic qualifiers for the uh, tournament champion. I, I've been a proponent for conference championships from, from the start um, for conference champs, champions to be in regardless. Now, I think 12 teams might be too much, and we'll get to that in a second, but um, it gives, it literally gives every school in the nation an opportunity yes. to make the playoff. It does. Regardless of what your preseason ranking are. And that's what I love about it. Like, even the lowliest of lows um, teams that just are, have not been good really ever, they technically, you're, you're saying there's a chance. There's, there's a chance they could get in. And so that's what I love. And, it, and it's one on the field because you, you win your conference tiebreakers, however the, the conference decides their com- conference tiebreakers are, and then you win your championship game. And maybe it's lightning in a bottle. And you may not be a top four team talent-wise, coaching-wise, prestige-wise. And I don't care. I think it's way more interesting seeing Boise State beat Oklahoma with the Statue of Liberty play in the BCS Absolutely. game years ago. I think I would have loved to see UCF in the playoff of several years ago even though they crowned themselves champions that's still kind of weird to me but um i would have loved to see that i think there are good teams that um can play with the big boys now cincinnati didn't help matters last year obviously but um i think there's absolutely sure but cincinnati would have been they would have received a bye as a four seed and would have taken on the winner of the you know the next round um, would that be the five twelve game probably? Um, yeah, and maybe they beat whoever that winner would have been last year, and yeah. maybe yes, they still lose in the, the semifinals anyway, um, but maybe not. You know, how do, you yeah, know, and that's part of what we're doing here, right? We're play, we're replaying the down yeah. and, and talking, about, or maybe the one seed that's taking on. Maybe I think actually they would play the five twelve game, but um, winner. Maybe they lose because now they're playing a five. I mean, who knows? Maybe not, right? And I think that was Alabama last year. But that's, you know, we, pl- we play those yeah. games for a reason, I, right? Yeah. One thing I would, I, I'm curious about the format. I don't think this is the case. 
um, in the NFL, the second round game is based on re-ranking who wins the game before. So the number one seed is guaranteed to play your lowest seed that advances to the second round. I would like to see if that might be something that college football playoff does. Because if the 5-12 winner, what if 12 beats 5? Now the 4 seed has a better draw. Yeah, yeah. The 5-12 the game goes against the 4. Then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that would be an interesting I'm okay with that. factor into, I, I, into I it I get why well. the NFL recedes, but I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. So I, um, it, that, that part doesn't bother me so much. But it, it would be curious to see. I would also say, like, does the, I mean... Does the 12 seed, the argument against that, and I think what we're going to find out, which I think is a disappointing part of this model, is like, is a group of five team always going to be the 12 be seed? The 12. And I think there are some exceptions yeah. that we could go back yeah. and see that they wouldn't always be the 12 seed. Like, obviously, but more Cincinnati years than not. last year. Yeah, yeah absolutely, right? Um, but does, so then does that group of five, they've got to take on the five seed, and then... Yeah they're automatically going to take on the one seed or the two seed. And then finally they'll yeah. get, I mean, they'll never be, they would never obviously be a higher seed gauntlet. if you're the 12 yeah. seed, but yeah, like that doesn't, yeah. that seems, I mean, yes, there's a chance, but dang, that's a, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a, a, I mean, a magnitude. I mean, I would say in the NFL, in this part, I can see it both ways on here. The NFL, like you look at your beloved bucks right now being, the four seed with a home playoff game over the Cowboys who are eight and three as if the season were to start today, obviously a lot's going to change between now and then. Is that right? Should, should a team four seed have that playoff home playoff game, even though they are way worse just because the Cowboys played in a better division again, win your division. I agree. But, um, what the if, Cowboys what if lost you gave to the bucks by the way, but yes, <laughs> what if you gave the, the six, so the top four, seeds would have a buy here what if you gave the next two conference champs a home game regardless you get a home game you're the next you're five and six regardless sure. of what of what the rankings are i think that now you're giving the small teams those the two lanes the ucfs you're giving them another home game which and you know in college football like that can make a huge difference in absolutely i like goes. that idea like that's an intriguing idea like let's reward the the conference champion more than simply just getting into the field you're going to get a home game on top of that yeah um i don't i yeah. i don't think that the certainly the group of five and <laughs> you know the big 12 and acc impact 12 i don't think although the acc in this conversation like we would know we're still debating right they're still trying to figure out i think the news today is that the the rose bowl is the the last piece that has to agree to get this thing started in 2024 um the acc if they had played ball a lot sooner with this format i think we would have also maybe been a little further down the road but i think that yes the non-sec the non-big two or whatever we're going to end up calling them the SEC and the Big Ten would say, yes, great, let's sign us up for that home field advantage if we win our, our conference championship. Absolutely. American, I think, would be on board with that for sure because um, there's going to be chance. There will be, I think, times like we saw last year with Cincinnati, we've seen with UCF um, when they went undefeated and other times where they're going to actually be ranked higher anyway than uh, some of these other uh, Big Five, if you will, uh, conference champions. And so, yeah, I think yeah. they'd be up for that for sure. My my big concern with the 12 team, as is this that is supposed to be coming, is the same that my concern I had with the BCS and the same concern I have with the college football playoff. And it is there's an inherent bias 
there is inherent subjectivity. It is not necessarily who wins it on the field. You're talking about six at-large bids that could be debated. And now you're getting into not who should have been top two between two one-loss teams, which there's very few. Now you're talking about who should be seven through 12 of a bunch of two and three loss teams, potentially even three loss. So that's a whole different concern that, you know, you're going to have a bunch of potentially have one or two, three loss teams in each year. But until there is a lack, uh, until it's completely on the field and there's a committee, there's always going to be debate. There's always going to be controversy. There's always going to be bias. I would like to see something like the NFL where it's just win your games, win your division. You win your division, you're in. Then there's all these tiebreakers set up, and and so you know who the wild card is. If you beat a team and you have the same record, you get the tiebreaker. Alabama would not get the tiebreaker over over Tennessee in in this scenario. And so we need to remove the biases. My my proposal has always been let's do a sixteen playoff. A 16-team playoff. Yeah. I'm going to say, how do you do this when you no, have 130-plus teams? Six. No, no. Six, not oh, 16. 16-team six. playoff. Okay. 16-team playoff. Your uh, six highest-ranked conference champs. So you're probably talking Power 5 and then one group of five team, likely. Now, yes, there's still rankings in there, but it's not a committee. You're talking... It's it's almost always obvious who that who the top six conference champs are. Uh, and, and I would hear people say, well, that means Pitt would have been in last year. Yeah, they won their championship. That's fine. But to me, what it also does is it makes those conference championships de facto playoff games. You got Alabama and Georgia potentially, or this year, Georgia and LSU in the game. LSU is a three loss team. They could still make it if they win that game. I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with the team making it with a worse record, as long as it's won on the field. You qualify for that championship game, you beat, you upset your opponent, you're in, period. And that way you don't get this. We have teams sitting outside, division, you know, conference championship games just sitting there that can make it. You have teams that lose their conference championships games and make it so that that game doesn't matter. Um, Make it so that every single game matters and every single team can get in. I like the seemingly cleanliness of that, the cleanness of that plan. But I think the challenge is, is uh, the the nature still of uneven schedules, even within conferences. We know that in um, you know in every conference, Big Ten, the SEC, the ACC, uh, you know the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve have gotten rid of their divisions, I believe. And I know I think there's um, ACC's moving that direction. I think Again, the Big Ten yep. is moving that direction. But that still means that that's great in the sense of then we know that it's not just about winning your division and then you pit two teams against each other with one of them might be so, you know, where we get a team that isn't great and pulls the upset. Although I think that's we like that in basketball. But the reason I think we like it in basketball is because we know for every team that wins their conference champion in the in the power five or the power six, depending on how you count the Big East in basketball. Um, those other teams that they upset are still going to get in. The challenge is when it's the the smaller schools or the mid-majors that get upset, there's no room for them. And I think that is realistic to talk about. I, but I think the challenge still would be, okay, we've got 14 and 15 team conferences and we just got lucky this year. We didn't play the powers in our conference. And so we're, 
you know, we make it in the championship game and somehow we upset that team that did have to play. So if we're looking at the Big Ten this year, right, there's a scenario where there are going to be teams that didn't have to play Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State, and yet they end up in the conference championship. And because of that, the lack of rigor in that schedule, they're able to somehow be healthier maybe, and they upset whoever it would be Michigan okay. in this case, right? But let's and just so, take it back to the NFL for a second. Let's take it back yeah. to the NFL, just what we were talking about. You've got sure. literally right now, if the playoffs started today, all four NFC East teams would be in the playoffs, which is insane to me. I mean, I think that's going to balance itself because they're going to end up playing each other. But sure. like, that's a gauntlet schedule compared to what your Bucks have to experience playing the sure. Panthers, Saints, and Falcons. But we don't really complain about the Bucks being in. We might complain they get a whole oh, game, but we don't complain that they're in. They've won their division, and I'm fine with that. And and the way they have the, the NFL scheduling like depends who you play. If you happen to play like my Vikings this year, we're playing every NFC East team. That makes our schedule harder. We're playing every AFC East team this year. That makes our schedule harder. And other teams are playing the NFC South or the AFC South, and they're, they're easier. But that's just how the cards fall sometimes. So no one really has an issue with I, it in the NFL. Why would we have an issue with it? Why is it different for college than in the NFL? Well, I think that – so I would say the 12-team playoff field – being more like the NFL model than a six-team playoff field, six, um, because in a 12-team you are you have your division winners, which are your conference winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your division winners in the NFL, are your conference winners, and your wild card teams are your at-large teams in the college football playoff. Um, I think what makes it weird is we don't have any equivalent that I can see anyway of college championship conference games right there's not the bucks and the falcons for however terrible their records might end up being yes they play each other twice but they're not then going to play each other again a third time to say okay we're the winner of the nfc south we get to go to the playoffs it's going to be we play the same schedule the same teams um and even that's not true because the bucks won their division so they have to play the other you know, one seeds from other conferences in the NFC and then the AFC that they're paired up with. But it's a lot, it's a lot truer, if you will. There's a lot more crossover within divisions, absolutely. And so I think, to me, that's why I am okay with the 12 team field, right? It gets, it gets six conference champions in, it gets some, um, some at-large filled in. I would go the other way, Tyler, and I would expand if we're gonna, <laughs> Maybe not expand Let's to 16, but I would, to it. <laughs> I would expand into how do we get the rest of the the other four conference champions into the field? That's what I'd be more interested in. Okay. So if we're going to embrace the six team of uh, conference champions, let's go to 10 or maybe we go to 12 and it's just two random at large teams get in and all the conference champions. Now, I think the problem with that is going to be we know that there's going to be SEC and and Big Ten teams almost every yeah. year that would take those two slots. I think yeah. I've just come to the realization that in a 12-team field with the way that it is um, set up to be or proposed to be is that you're going to get your conference champions and every now and then a team like our beloved Miami is going to win the Coastal, I hope, at some point, right? And There's not going to be a Coastal after maybe, this year. <laughs> right, that's true. We're going we're gonna to make the playoff. We're going to make the ACC Conference Championship game. We might win it. or If we win it, obviously, we'd be in, I think, most years. If we lose it, there's going to be a chance with this format that we still might make 
the field. And I think that's great. And that really gets to my point is what we've seen. If you look up those articles, the one we mentioned with Athletic, uh, Sports Illustrated tells us what a field would have looked like, an expanded field since 2014. It's just a lot more teams involved. And I think as we're seeing with expansion and I think every major sport, board except what NHL I don't think has expanded recently their playoff field but certainly the NFL has which is why all those NFC East teams would be in um MLB has expanded its field NBA has got the play in tournament it just keeps people more interested um and which I think is good for what these leagues want right yeah interested longer the games mean a little more I know you can make the the argument that it doesn't mean a little more but you've got more teams for longer saying Okay, let's just let's get to the playoff. Um, let's let's qualify. Let's get to um, our college, you know, our conference championship game. You know, UNC, like we said earlier, UNC and Clemson would be playing for something this weekend. Instead, you know, yes, and the ACC land winning the conference means something. I guess <laughs> it's something for UNC to uh, and Mac Brown and company to get excited about like I, I and I think I mean that legitimately we're joking but I do think that for Tar Heel fans for Tar Heel fans they're excited I have to imagine Tiger fans aren't quite as excited unless they have a little glimmer of hope that winning the ACC still gives them a chance at the, the playoff but I think if we have an expanded field they would be saying oh my goodness like whoever was this game is going to be in the field and frankly with an expanded playoff might have an outside chance to get one of that large seats probably not this year the way that things are filling out and then of course as you said for every group of five team at the start of the season there's a path um, and we yep. know with expansion of conference expansion, there aren't going to be very many independents left. And so I think they even have seen like we got to go somewhere, right? Your folks, we don't usually talk about your liberties and your New Mexico states and others who are currently independent are going to find themselves in Conference USA or in another conference because there's still a path. Because even UTSA with Conference USA probably is not going to make. Uh, going to win and be the highest uh, seed this year into a New Year's Six Bowl could possibly maybe if we had that expanded field there could be an argument is Tulane USC or UCF rather or UTSA right who's the better team now you're saying we could get in and that's really why I would say we're going to go conference champions let's let's go bigger and find a go place all for all those yeah and that's <laughs> yeah. my bias uh, folks our listeners don't know that but I grew up uh, in Ohio, I grew up in Mackland, and so you know, I am not saying that the Kent States and the Akron's and the Toledo's uh, <laughs> need to be in the field every year. But if there's a spot for them, I've got a soft spot for. Hey, let's put the MAC champion in, or at least let's make I sure mean, we all a way. love the the basketball Cinderellas. Absolutely, in March Madness, we all yep. love those Cinderellas. You don't think people wouldn't love Cinderellas here? Um, I I. I am much more comfortable with the 12-team playoff if you're saying, let's do 10 conference winners and two at large. Okay. Because you just don't want, you don't want to see six SEC teams in the field is what you're saying? Or five? It would probably be more like five or four, four or five. I want to see teams teams rewarded for winning. And if that means winning your own conference, then even in, in a smaller conference, I think that pulls a lot of weight. I think it also would have an interesting effect on realignment if if yes. you're guaranteeing all 10 of these conferences get a playoff spot 
would it slow down? W- would Oklahoma and Texas be going to the SEC if this had been come out Correct. a year before that was announced? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, if there's so much money lined up in, in the TV deal, it's not going to matter. But uh, you're telling me that some of these coaches, I think coaches and athletic directors look at things a little differently. I think some of these coaches would be like, no, we want to stay here. We have a better chance of winning the Big 12 than we do the SEC. The Which is PCU interesting. This year that that's not I mean, necessarily we have a, true. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have an example of this. We haven't, we, we didn't do our, um, our current events segment in quite the same way today that we have in other episodes, but we have the news of Luke Fickle taking the job at Wisconsin, leaving Cincinnati, leaving Cincinnati when it's going to the Big 12 next year and and will eventually be losing Texas and Oklahoma from the conference, which seems like it should be an easier path to get to a championship and yet still taking the path of going to the big 10 it's going to have no divisions i saw an article i think it was on the athletic as well they just talked about the coaches that are going to be in the the big 10 and that are already there um and yet fickle is going uh, to that conference so it is intriguing like is the money is the resources are the the things that are available in the big 10 that much greater than what will be possible at Cincinnati as part of the Big 12. And what does that mean? I think you're right to ask the question of, you know, if this had happened in 2014, would have would expansion have happened the way that it is? And my guess is no. Um, my guess is that the independent, the schools that were independent or the schools that are coming up to the FBS level would have quickly found a home in some conference uh, so that they could have access to the the playoff. I think that's true with players too. We haven't talked about that, right? Our players would players be more willing to go to various schools if they know that there's a way to get into the into the playoff, right? I I think I think we talked about this in our Saban episode. I think the 12 team expanded field is a way for us to have a little more fun and to have a little more entertainment. And I think like the NCAA tournament in March. Uh, you know, we're going to get some great upsets every now and then we're going to have really memorable runs where Virginia gets upset by what, you know, number 16 seed UMBC. And then the very next year, I think it was, they end up winning the whole thing. And so I think there's something very poetic about that, but I also reminds us that chalk is going to be chalk when we get down to the semifinals into the national championship game. And I'm okay with that. And so I think we, we're not necessarily going to have more parity. So I'm not going to make that argument today. Um, but I think we have more participation and I do, you know, whoever wants to, you know, bad mouth or talk down to our millennials that we are. Our participation yeah. trophies. <laughs> there is something to be said for if more people can participate, there's more interest. And anyone who says, I don't care about such and such school or such and such conference being involved is probably somebody who's already a fan of a big time program and just doesn't want to yeah. get tripped up by Tilly thanks for joining us for our episode today make sure to check out part two as we discuss what each year would have looked like under a 12 team playoff how would things have stayed the same how would they have changed that's our show i'm tyler i'm nathan and join us next time as we replay the down